Well, welcome today as we have our Going Deeper segment and I just want to thank Dan for being with us this morning and, and just really issuing a, a, what I felt was a, a challenge personally but to us as, as believers, um, just around how we, where we put our focus and, and I think this story really unpacks that well. Um, so, Dan, thanks for, thanks for bringing that message to us today. Just tell us a little bit, um, it's a pretty popular story, I think it's the yeah. one we hear in um, kids' church, you know, Jesus walking on the water and that sort of thing. Um, so it would have been familiar to you, but just as you engaged with it this week, was there any fresh revelation that, that you got? To be honest, it felt like I was reading it for the first time. Okay. Because I going through, I think I'm familiar more with Mark's version of it, where Peter walks out to Jesus or attempts to walk out That's to Jesus right, as yeah, well. Yeah. So reading in John and John finishes it with the they immediately arrive at their destination makes you challenge to go, oh, how am I reading this? What does this mean? How does it link back to Mark and other recollections? And then being able to then go down a level to say, well, what's the underlying message here? And then you could pick up understanding, well, this is what Jesus does. In Jesus, we immediately arrive at our destination. That was huge and it starts yeah. to break the passage away from being Jesus did something that looked amazing to Jesus is pointing to something amazing. Yeah, that's a good distinction, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think particularly particularly when we're young, we, we, we hear a lot of these miracle stories and it is about Jesus being able to do something that no one else can do. Mm. But I don't think we often get the idea of what it was pointing to Yeah. and, and the reason for doing it. Yeah. yeah. So, no, that's really good. Um, I really resonated when you said that uh, we as people have a habit of forgetting the things that are most important, the things that we need to be continually reminded of. Um, and one of those is, I think just very naturally, is it's hard to develop that habit of spending regular time with God and regular time in the Word. Yeah. I, I think you, you would be aware of this, I'm aware of this in many conversations that it's probably the thing most self-professing Christians, if they're honest, struggle with. Just yeah. that regular rhythm of really pushing into God on a daily basis as we follow Jesus. What in your learned um, experience of life and, and as a follower of Jesus, what could be one or two things that you think might be helpful for people in our home groups who are engaging with this to go, these have helped me, these habits, these, these things? I think actually the, the real one that I'm grappling with at the moment was in your question, was, was home group. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's more meeting with other Christians because if we remember in Hebrews 10, 25, it talks about do not give up the habit of meeting together. Yes. And I think often we think of that as being you need to go to church. Yep. But if you look at that in the wider context, it's painting it about um, avoid sinfulness, look at godliness. And in the middle it says don't give up the habit meeting together. We have an inbuilt thing in Christianity of this sense of accountability and doing life together. Yep. Isn't it the case that as soon as you tell somebody that you're going to do something, you're more motivated to do it because they're going to ask you about it. Yep. So there's a real challenge to me in setting up networks of people where you're open about how you're going. You think you're talking about what habits you've got. You say, I'm trying to, for me, read the Bible for 15 minutes a day. Yep. Can you help me do it? Yeah. And once you're doing life with people, whether that be home group, catching up on a Sunday, having a coffee once a month, that can help you move towards a habit because you're not trying to do it alone anymore. 
And that, that's the beauty of the church, isn't it? That we, we are not called to be on mission with God in isolation. That's right. Um, now, God's always used a community of people, so I really, really like that. And I think we always look at the, there is a central message throughout Scripture as well of unity. Yes. And that's because it's about the church working together to build the kingdom. Yeah. And, and that verse you referenced out of Hebrews 10, I've heard that bandied around a fair bit, uh, particularly during lockdown. Mm. Um, that, that That's the verse that's cherry-picked out to say, you know, we're, you know there, there are people who would have the opinion that, you know, we need to... Just disregard any any instruction from the government, and let's just meet together as church. And church needs to be back together, and church needs to be happening. But as you said, the context is it's about the lived life. Yeah, you know, avoiding sinfulness, pursuing holiness. It really is what we unpack today. It's what you're looking to, where your eyes are focused. That's right, and, yeah. and doing it together just helps you to, to focus it that way. Yes, it's about meeting together, but what does that meeting together look like? Yeah, and, and what's our motive in meeting together? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, if it is that iron sharpening iron, yeah, that's a great picture, isn't it? Yeah, the, the intentional meeting together. Yeah. The, the focused on how we're getting better lives for Christ in yeah. how you meet together. So, so in your home groups, can I encourage you, uh, as you do meet, whether it's still on Zoom or we're starting to get back in person possibly, um, just to have a posture in your group of this, uh, this accountability, the, this idea of sharing with one another life so that we can help one another live the lives that we say we want to live as followers of Jesus. I would love just if you had that question of what are you working on at the moment yeah. in your life and your faith and, yeah. and how can I help you do it? It's yeah, simple, isn't it? Yeah. Simple but hard, isn't it? It's <laughs> hard to push into sometimes. Um, so in, in that idea of gathering together, because we, we've just got this, this model uh, of unpacking, you know, how to live out this life as follow, gather and go. So when we do gather, um, obviously there is that, that being real and authentic and that um, accountability piece. Um, Jeff unpacked last week a little bit the idea of communion being really important in that. Um, is there anything in that space where... So communion is like a, a regular habit we could have together. Is there anything else in that space that you might recommend for people when they're, when they're gathering that promotes the unity you just mentioned? Well, I think if you... Really, sometimes in Christianity, that there's a danger in getting too far into the what am I doing yep. without thinking about the why am I doing it. And that's what's beautiful about unpacking these verses today is thinking first and foremost about who is Jesus? Because then if you, and that's what communion is about, having that reminder of who is Jesus and what has he done? Because yeah. from there you can have an outpouring of what your life looks like. Yeah. So always bringing it back to, and communion can be a good symbol or it could be anything. It could be reading verses from the gospel like it was today or singing a praise song that goes directly at Jesus. But knowing that, start with the foundation and move out from there. Mm. can be an important yep. part of the habit as well. Yeah. And, and I think we underestimate how important these habits are in our daily walk. Yeah. Don't we? A absolutely. And I think even in my own daily habit, you can get into a, a great rhythm of doing a devotional or, or whatever it is, but it's easy to get swept up into actually what that is, what pages I'm working through or what the Lectio Divina yep, yep. framework is without thinking, well, this is all about pointing back to God and back to Jesus. Yeah. So 
challenging yourself to take it back to Christ. Yeah, and, and not and not thinking we're earning brownie points with God by doing these actions. That's right. Uh, we, we fall into that really easily too, don't we? <laughs> yeah. If absolutely. God's going to be pleased with me if I get up early and read the Bible for half an hour every day. Yeah. You know, he's going to, you know, but what's the motive behind doing it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's where, again, it comes back to chatting about it too. So that we've yep. got someone that goes, oh, hold on, are you making sure the main thing's the main thing? Yeah. Or are you going on a bit of a tangent? Yeah, yeah it's good. Um, you said it a few times. Uh, I can't remember the, the name of the guy who, who said it, but a ruthless determination to praise God daily. Mm. Love that. Love that story. We, we really have no idea in our experience here in Australia of what it means to be the persecuted church. Um, and generally, we can choose our own adventure each day and what we do and how we do it. Yeah. Um, but there's something about that phrase that grabbed me. What, what do you think are the obstacles? You know, if we're, if we're, if we're follow, gathering and going, in our going, what are the obstacles that exist for us? Now, it's not overt political, um, you know, oppression. It's not, you know, the police are going to arrest us if we mention the name Jesus. It's not that. What are the obstacles for us in our context, in our going space? Uh, I think one of the ones that we talked about a lot of open doors was that in the Western church, a big obstacle for faith in general is apathy. Okay. So yeah. be- because it, it's not pushed on, you don't have to have these big faith decisions in each moment of your life. It, it can just sort of fade. Mm. And that's why we need that ruthless determination to praise God daily, not to fit it in amongst the persecution but to push it in amongst kind of the busyness of life or just being distracted by whatever is happening within our own lives to place the centrality on spending time with God in whatever form that looks like. So so it would be harder to be a devoted follower of Jesus in affluence than it would be in persecution, wouldn't it? I, I think that's one of the things that we grapple with a lot when we look at persecution because we see that strong faith arising there because there is that test of faith all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's much easier to, to be continually making that decision rather than, you know, like my example with rage today, it just sort of fading into insignificance over time. Yeah. And that ties back into actually doing your Christian life with others then, doesn't it? That we can encourage and spur one another on, yeah. as that Hebrews passage says, um, when we do take our eyes off <laughs> what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah, that's We're right. fickle creatures, aren't we, really? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, by gathering with others, it's not even that I'm necessarily testing you about how your faith is, but as you're asking me about what's happening with mine, it yeah. can rekindle something in you. Yeah. It can encourage you to go, oh, yeah, that's right, that verse is amazing, or I remember that worship song that got yeah. me really excited for this aspect about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So I want to finish with this. So that, that phrase, which I think will stick... Um, a ruthless determination to praise God daily. Unpack for a little bit for us the, the word praise. So it's, for some of us, we could think that means singing a song, you know, a praise song, and it can be that. But what would it look like practically to praise God daily in the midst of our lives? I think there's, there's an element where if Jesus is in your life, it's reflected in the way you're living. It could be singing, it yeah. could be prayer, it could be reciting a psalm, it could be 
the way that you speak about Jesus with your family, with your friends, with, with anybody on the street. It, it's, mm. I think praise is not necessarily an action, but maybe it's more of a posture. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. And that's something to consider, isn't it? That, that you know, and it, it could even be as simple as the way you engage with another person and, and see them with the eyes of Jesus and give them dignity and respect and... Yeah, and you know that—that's actually praising God because you're seeing the the divine image in another person, and you're acknowledging that. Yeah, that's so right. So it really is a, a, a an all of life p- position, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, but I also think that the the phrase is to help you think about how am I actively spending time, committed time with Christ. So whether that be in your Bible or in prayer or in a dedicated time of worship or yeah. uh, in retreat or in fasting or in Sabbath to think of what are some of the things I'm placing as habits to push into Christ intentionally. So that I can be his presence in the world. That's right. So yeah. I can take up that posture yeah. of reflecting Christ. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for today. Thank no you worries. for what you shared with us. Um, I trust there's a bit in that for, for each home group just to unpack, have some discussion around. Um, looking forward to just maybe hearing some feedback too about what that's looking like for you as you gather as a group. Have a great week and we'll be with you again next week. See you then.